0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. This podcast is now brought to you by Bracken.design, an assets company They're now giving Creative Waffle listeners 20% off if you use code WAFFLE20 at checkout. With Bracken, there's no limited PSD templates or Photoshop actions that will rasterize your type. This means that they're really easy to use and they can give your work that little extra edge. Especially when you're creating sports graphics, textures are absolutely key and using premium textures can really set you apart. So there's a link down in the description below. If you use WAFFLE20 at checkout, then you'll get 20% off. Please do go and check them out. They're well worth using in your work and with that 20% discount, they're an absolute steal. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. No, it's pretty good. I mean, so I brought the podcast back after having a massive break and um, I'm a target of creative directors. And actually, you're one of the people I want to speak to the most just because, uh, like, like, Florida Panthers is, is – I, I, ice hockey is my, my second sport. It's my, my American sport. Um, and Florida Panthers have always been a team I've admired. And then the design work has been fantastic as well. So I'm glad to be chatting with you.
1: Thank you. really appreciate it. And uh, it's nice to hear someone from, you know, across the pond – uh kind of interested into hockey and especially the florida panthers and um you know we're already not in a really big hockey market if you compare to you know big hockey cities in in north america so if you're getting to notice us i guess we're doing our job pretty well so yeah
0: absolutely yeah i I, I don't know if it's if it's just uh if it's just me or, or I look at maybe I look at the uh, the market and the industry a lot more than other people, but yeah, Florida Panthers stuff like your, your team and your stuff pops up all the time. So it's definitely, yeah, uh, definitely getting noticed. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. Well, is there anything you want to know before we get into the podcast now and have a chat?
1: Sure. Well, maybe I can just introduce myself. So my name is Jeremy Lorty, I'm creative director for the Florida Panthers. Um, just to go back in in history a little bit, I'm actually from Ottawa, Canada. Uh, so grew up a big hockey fan. Hockey's the national sport over there. Uh, played hockey till I was 16, and then uh, I'm just a giant. I'm 6'7". I think that's like 200 centimeters. Um, and so you know, the height and the skates weren't very good together. So I started playing uh, volleyball, and you know, became pretty good at it. Really passionate about arts at the same time. So went to university in Quebec city, had the chance to play uh, college volleyball and, and I kind of studied in arts and science of animation. Uh, so my initial goal was actually to, um, create like animation movies or video games, kind of more of that, that concept art aspect of it. Um, after college I decided to try out for the Canadian national volleyball team um, for the B team. Uh, so I, I played with the Canadian national program for about a year and then had the chance to go play professionally in France for four years. Um, so that was where like my passion for sports really came through. And, um, as a professional athlete, you know, you train hard in the morning and then you train at night, but in the afternoon I had nothing to do. So I was like, okay, I'll take my little nap to, to get ready. But for the rest of the time, I was like, all right, I'd like to, you know, keep my arts and, Design program and everything going. Um, you know, animation and video games more of like a team effort. Um, so it was kind of hard for me to, to pursue that. So I was like, all right, let me, you know, get into design and try to design for some of the team I was playing for, or for other teams in the city I, I was living in. So that's kind of where I started my sports graphic design background. So I did that for four years. And my last year I was in uh, Bordeaux, France, which is like southwest of France had like a pretty good hockey team down there, so I'm like, um, I, I worked for them, they were called the Boxer of Bordeaux, uh, and, and just build my portfolio from there. Uh, and after that, I, I applied to the Florida Panthers in 2018, uh, started as a graphic designer, and then just made my way up to, to creative director so far. So that's a little bit about myself, you know, yeah. how the sports and the arts and the design and like kind of all merged together, and you know, they're, they're both of them were really my, my big passion.
0: Yeah, that's a as that's a, that's a cool story, how did you find France? Like, did you like it? Do you speak a lot of French now?
1: Yeah, actually, my my first my native language is French. I'm French Canadian, uh, and absolutely love France. It, it was really a great experience. Played with a bunch of players that were from all over Europe too. Um, so got to you know talk you know different to different country, different language, learn the culture. Uh, France is such a such a nice country and the people are so great. So learned a lot about learning a lot about it. It was a, a great life experience.
0: Yeah. Did you come over to London at all? Did you get over
1: here? I did. I did. Yeah. London's great too. Love it. Love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, how, how many times did you come to London? I always like to know a bit about like visiting people and stuff. Like, did you, Yeah. You know, did
1: you do? I actually went twice. So my first year in France, I lived in Calais, which is like the northest part of France, where the ferry uh, and the tunnel goes to England. Um, So, yeah, a few Sundays and Mondays when we had off, we took the ferry and just, you know, this quick one hour drive, I think, from from the ferry to London. So it was pretty, pretty nice. And, you know, nice time over there.
0: (laughs) Nice. Yeah. That's uh, that's pretty cool. So what, what did your what did your family think when you got into professional volleyball? Like I I, mean, I don't know much about volleyball and and like when does the season run and and stuff like that. But uh, your family must be immensely proud, of, like being a professional athlete and stuff.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and a funny story too is my dad was a a pretty good and and big hockey player. Um, so obviously being from Canada, played hockey. And then when I was 16, I'm like, hey, dad, like. Um, you know, I'd like to try volleyball. He's like, yeah, that's awesome. But like, I'd like you to keep playing hockey because everyone plays hockey, right? Like when you grow up, when you got a yeah. career, like you could still play hockey at night. And, and, you know, my mom's like, well, he's really good at volleyball. So let's, let's give it a try. So um, tried volleyball and hockey at the same time, but obviously too much. So I just quit hockey and started just playing volleyball. And my dad uh just was like in love with it both my parents you know biggest supporter i've ever had they'd come to every tournament and i have a little brother that's three years younger Um, and after that year he's like hey i want to play volleyball too so we just like completely transferred to a full volleyball uh, a family when i went to college uh they would come down you know every weekend to to watch games my brother actually came to the same uh, university as i did so we played together for a year Uh, we actually won a national championship together and then, you know, they, they've just been the biggest supporters. And then when I, I, you know, got to achieve my dream of playing professional, they were really happy. They've actually came once or twice in France to, to see me too. So, um, and then the season for volleyball kind of runs from September to May. Um, so I'd be about like nine months away from family and all, but, um, just a great overall experience. Um, there's no like professional indoor volleyball league in North America, Um, So every player from here has to either go to Europe or, um, you know, the the Russia, Asia, um, a little bit of these countries. So it's slowly growing. You know, a lot of people play volleyball, and um, Italy obviously has like a really big league. uh, Russia too. So Poland, um, just those bigger volleyball countries, you could say.
0: (laughs) It's where they make taller people, I guess. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, yeah, that, I mean, so I was talking with uh, Jeremy Nelson, he used, to, well, he used to work at Adidas, and now he does his own his own stuff and wicked designer, and he he played lacrosse, and it's amazing uh, how, how the sports are growing in America. Like the, yeah. there's so many, even cricket. Like there's there's a push for cricket in America now, which is crazy. Yeah, um, it's crazy. So yeah, it's a, I'm really fascinated by how you guys can keep up with so many sports and have so many different teams. Like you can, yeah. you can support a team from each sport It's crazy to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure,
0: for sure. So, yeah, well, and, and obviously in Canada. But who? So who's your hockey team then? Do you do you support the Canadian hockey team, or do you support uh, obviously the Panthers?
1: Yeah, the Florida Panthers are, are my favorite hockey team. Obviously, <laughs> um, when when I was a, a young kid, um, you know, when you're too young to really understand. Uh, the sport I was a big Mighty Ducks fan because uh, the Disney movie the Mighty Ducks just found their logo really cool their jersey really cool and then as I grew up uh, I was actually a Detroit Red Wings fan because in the 90s they were just a dynasty you know the best team and then now I'm a full-on Florida Panthers fan and uh, we actually have a, a really good team uh, last year we finished first in the league uh, and then we exited second round in playoff and then you know this year hopefully we can uh, get into playoff again. You know, we're, the franchise definitely changed. Um, you know, the Florida Panthers haven't had a really good hockey team in the last 20 years. And then, you know, in the past three, two to three years, um, they've really changed things around and we're like really a competitive hockey team. So it's exciting to be behind that and create cool content for them. Um, you know, it's obviously easier when the team performs well. Um, last year, we hit like a bunch of milestone. We beat a bunch of franchise record. Uh, and you know, you get to do like a bunch of really cool graphic, cool milestones for it. So, uh, it's definitely a lot of work, but it's also like so much fun to, to follow a team that's obviously first or performing very well. Um, you know, this, the beginning of the season now has had a, a little lump, a lot of injuries, uh, so you, you can see the difference, right? When the team performs very well compared to when they're not winning, it's harder to, you know, promote the, the good stuff, but it's all fun.
0: Yeah yeah so i i picked up uh, Nashville predators because of my partner so I've, i'm i'm married to an american woman from okay. uh, the border of border of kentucky and uh, indiana so it's about 2 hour drive from nashville okay uh, i could have had them all the or the st louis uh, blues but I, I went for nashville um, that's good yeah, so that, that's my team. but i mean then yeah playoffs again last year but uh uh as you know yeah it didn't, didn't go much further than the first round i got absolutely dominated by the avalanche but hey yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> i've heard it's a <laughs> it's a fun it's i heard it's a fun hockey town so i uh, definitely have to go check yeah
0: it out. I, yeah so i went to a game my first of well NHL, only ever NHL game um was in was in nashville last year and it's, it's an amazing place to watch it i mean right next to the music and the and the town and live live bands just right in the center which is incredible um so we don't get that really over here like normally football stadiums are about a mile or two outside of the main main center of town unless there's, there's a few in London but um yeah so it's yeah very special very cool but uh yeah. definitely definitely looking to get down to Florida as well so my, my partner used to work for Disney in Orlando so uh she knows Florida fairly well and uh yeah I'm hoping hoping to get down to a Panthers game or or somewhere down there <laughs> for sure for day. sure if
1: you come down you let me know and-
0: We'll go yeah, 100 Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely know how to meet up. But um, that's the thing about this podcast. You meet so many cool people, and, like you build connections around the world. And that, like, even from the point of, I, I went to Portugal and that like, friend picked picked us up from the airport because I had, had a chat with them about the podcast. Like, it's crazy how I can build connections through through just chatting with people. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, so talking about your your design career, like going from designer to creative director that was really quick like you seen it's like it, you say five years you joined, you joined the panthers now you creative director correct um, how was that transition
1: it was good transition you know we we started so when i started in 2018 we were only three so as uh we were two graphic designers me and austin and we have uh, a senior graphic designer called alex um and you know the 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 company changed a lot the industry changed a lot um and you know, every year we just kept pushing more content and more things. Um, and then just, you know, with experience became senior graphic designer after after a year. Um, and, and the company kind of changed where we had included more of like the social team, the video team. Um, and then um, our, our creative director back then, uh, she left about two years ago. So then I, I took that role of becoming creative director. Uh, but just the department grew so much. Currently we're a team of five. Uh, And we're still looking to hire a senior graphic designer. So we're in the process of that. So, you know, have four full-time designers, including myself with uh, two interns. And to be like fully open, we probably need to hire at least one more. So to be like a a really team of, you know, five full-time designers and, you know, two interns. Um, There's just so much things going on. Uh, And and that's like a big surprise Mm -hmm. when I first started at, at the Panthers, right? You think like you're just, gonna do like the stuff for social media and in game but there's like all the sales um all the foundation all the signage you got some you know presentation for an executive group or uh, like partnership uh deals partnership graphics there's just so much going on um and, and you know we we have to to build out all these projects every day um at the panthers we also kind of have a bigger variety of projects so we work for the florida panthers but we also work for the practice facility where the the players practice, they have like a, you know, two, three sheets of ice. Um, so for all the kids program and then, um, at the arena there's shows. So we kind of help, uh, the marketing team uh, a little bit on all the the show promotion and all the, the concerts. And then currently we're building uh, a new practice facility downtown in Fort Lauderdale. So that's going to be another things added. So there's just like a tons of projects every day coming through. So, um, that's, that's one thing, you know, when you're a sports graphic designer, right? Like you, you see the cool stuff on social and the, the cool, but you have to also be really good at doing, you know, the, the things that are super easy with, you know, text prominent or, um, you know, some sales pamphlets mm-hmm. or some head, some banners for web. So it's really fun. Cause every day you get to, to try different things and, and, and touch different, um, different aspects of, of the, the company
0: yeah that, I mean that's something that i'm finding So a bit of context i'm uh the only designer at the this cricket team i work at in, in the uk um they've just won the counter championship this year as well so they won their, their league so like the top top of english cricket which try, i'm trying i'm always trying to equivalent that to american sports i'm not sure whereabouts it ranks but um yeah so that, that it's a busy time and i'm, I'm interested to like pick your brain on a bit, a bit about managing work and a bit about growing your team and like uh, stuff like that because I, in the next few years I'm hoping to get a few designers in um, or, or like at least expand a bit and um, you know see talk to different creative directors and see about better ways of managing work and, and you know just seeing if I can if I can do anything a bit more leaner and a bit more um, yeah a bit more uh, what's the word like better and, and a, a quicker process. So, what, yeah. so what, how, do you, how do you manage working with all these different uh, people? Because like you said, it's a, it's a big thing that people don't realize working in sports design, normally there's people that aren't just a content team looking for work.
1: Yeah, a, a big thing that we've implemented is um, kind of like the project uh, structure and the project implementation. Um, so we've created like a form where any department can go and fill out kind of like their creative request, right? So they'll put in, okay, I need um, this for social, this for email and this for uh, billboards. Uh, This is kind of like the messaging, the timeline, what they need. And they fill out through uh, this through like an automatic form that gets generated into Asana. So Asana is like a web that manages um, all our projects. So that's kind of how we made our process easier for us. So it's not just like emails and okay, what do I have to do today? Um, our director of marketing, she's also has a graphic design background. So she was really good at kind of implementing uh, that project management and kind of that project implementation. So that's kind of like the easiest way for us to get all of our project tasks and all of our deadlines all together into one platform. So Asana is great because Uh, I can assign the different projects to different designer and it tells me like the the deadline if there's stuff that are urgent. Um, And one big rule we have at the Florida Panthers is you need to give us at least like five business days to work on projects. So one thing that we were seeing at the beginning is like people submit a form and they're like, okay, I need it this afternoon. But um, it's kind of normal because, you know, not everyone knows every project that's going on or everything that's going on, right? Um, So that was like a big part of really getting everyone in line at the company and all the designer and it just makes you know our job easier to kind of see, okay, the next week here, are all the projects coming through here are the deadlines the here, all the, the submission. Um, and then, you know, I think as a designer and if you build kind of your, your design team, you need to try to get um, designers that are very good at doing multiple things. Um, so, example, I, I think I'm really good more like storytelling and and you know Photoshop and creating some some you know social graphics and one-off graphics. And then I have my creative manager Austin, uh, who's been with at the Panthers at the same time I've, as I've been here. He's excellent in vector work and Illustrator illustration and uh, all that stuff. Um, super good at managing you know the the interns too and, and our graphic designer. So, um, you know, very two different Type of designers that we have, me and Austin, you know, quite different skill sets. But when we put it together, it works very well, right? If we have a lot of logos or more vector work to do, where I'm, you know, probably better a little bit in Photoshop. And then now we have Caroline, who's our our graphic designer. She's just very talented too. Has a a very wide skill set to work on multiple projects. You know, I could give her some foundation work, or I can give her some social work. I can give her some cell work, and she'll really be able to. You know manage that and 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 version out everything and then you know we have our our two interns uh chris and adam who are still in school um who are very very good kind of more of that social aspect and they're kind of like learning more about the field with you know all the um foundation graphics and sales graphic but no i think that the important part of it is uh to really build a team that's uh talented all around uh, if you, you know, hire only people that are good for social media and then you got, you know, some logos to do it, it's going to affect a little bit the, the whole process. Um, and, you know, one, one thing I like to do, too, uh, as, as a creative director is give the opportunity for everyone to try everything right. Even if you're not really good, you know, at doing logos, example, um, I'd still like to give you a shot because that's how you grow. Right. And And, you know, when you work for a long time for a team or for a brand. Uh, you kind of get into a, a comfort zone, right? Um, you're used to working with the same font, same players, same, uh, uh, same colors, same brand. So after a while, you got to, you know, try different things and have a bit of creativity. If not, it's kind of boring, right? So um, that's where I believe strongly into giving everyone the opportunity to kind of create some, some fun and, and cool content. And it's something I've implemented last year for Playoff where, for every game or when we have time, we create what I call hype graphics. So I give them, you know, really like a blank page, go ahead, do whatever you want, just have fun and try to promote the game. Um, so this year we've we've started with a few and then it just got pretty crazy workload wise. But, you know, I think that's a great opportunity for designers to kind of get out of the routine and, you know, try to different things, try different um, approaches and, and be very creative. And I think it helps a lot with, you know, trying to push the brand further and, you know it's it, you know when you go on social and you kind of scroll down through teams accounts you know brand is very important and the colors and the fonts and all that because you, you get to associate a graphic with with a team but i think you know the more you go you sometimes have to try to create like a one-off graphic that's going to be really cool still on brand but mm-hmm. creatively different and i think that's how you get you know attention and people to pay, pay attention to your, your team. And, you know, when you scroll down, you're like, Oh, this is a cool graphic, right? Let me go check it out and check out the team and uh, maybe hopefully convert that into someone coming to the game or, you know, buying merch or um, watching the game on TV and kind of adding new fans to, um, to our franchise, right? Like Florida, if I had to compare right to cricket, it's like, if there's a cricket team in Canada, right? Like people know what it is. Um, you know, of course, you'll have like the hardcore fans. uh, But it's still, you know, a market that's very like American football, baseball. Uh, We live in South Florida. uh, So a lot of people come here on vacation or, you know, just to relax. So, um, you know, during winter, we have a lot of uh, people from they're called snowbirds. So all the Canadians and the Northeast Americans drive down to Florida because it's a nice weather. So we obviously like when Mm, we play the big the big like teams like Toronto or New York Rangers, there's obviously a lot of fans uh, that come from these uh, cities. So we're just trying to convert, you know, all the people from down here to to really like hockey and know that there's a hockey team down here. Right. So I think the past few years we've done a good job with that. The team being very good helps a lot too. I know when we were started, I think there was like, you know, on the, on the bad games, there was probably like 5,000 people per game. Uh, and now uh, last year we had like, Eighteen thousand to you know sixteen thousand every game so there's definitely you know a, bi- a big change uh in, in the culture and in the, in the franchise and, and the team being really good on the ice too helps but you know we're slowly getting there uh you know it's, it's hard to market hockey in a place that's you know always 20 degrees celsius outside uh so but but you know it's fun and, and we kind of play with that in our brand right um you know, we're not like the Toronto Maple Leaf or New York Rangers, like I keep saying, where it's like very traditional hockey and original team six. And, you know, like, okay, let's keep with that. We can have fun with our brand. And, you know, we try to incorporate a lot of that vibrancy, that heat, uh, you know, the colors from like Miami and South Florida. So I think it's really cool because it, it gives us the opportunity to to try and be creative. And, you know, we're not a, a traditional sports down here. So we gotta, we gotta be different
0: yeah that's 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 one of the things i like the, the palm trees coming in was like really cool really really cool i uh, was we, uh, trying to so I, I had a um a quote the other day uh reading is it emotion by design um uh, from the guy who used to work at nike um mm-hmm. so fantastic book so far I mean, I mean i'm listening to it but um yeah really good book and he was talking about uh branding and brand identity and uh, how how you frame things so it doesn't have to be like a like a set template every single time, but like, Lord, how they use a swoosh and and like blow it up massive and like you can see the curve and that like you recognise that that's the Nike curve rather than just uh, just having it really obviously in the middle of it. You can you know play with it and have it different ways and have it as a placeholder or like an image holder and that, that's what I'm trying to do with more of the Surrey branding and the cricket branding over here is trying to see how how we can do that and and bring different parts of the business together like. For example like the foundation and stuff and then the like internal marketing stuff or like internal documents and then letterheads and all, all that stuff felt very separate so now we're trying to bring it all together under one branding do, do you do you have any experience with that sort of stuff like can you give me any advice on bringing it all together under one roof um so i've just I've just finished the brand guidelines as well and got those made and sorted and um that feels like a very big step towards it but trying to force everyone to use it um Is there any advice or tips on how to make that easy for everyone?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, like every summer we sit down to the whole design team and we also include like the motion designers. And we kind of, I say it takes us about a month to a month and a half to really come down to the whole brand and brand guide. So, right, like we'll, we'll try to have in that whole month, we'll try to have like about four to five meetings so once a week. And the first one's just like, okay, uh, how can we improve our brand? Um, and like, if we want to change it and, and do something new, if we do, then we kind of come with inspiration and ideas, and we brainstorm on on keywords and key visuals, key colors, uh, key examples on like, okay, what do our brand want to look like? Uh, and then, you know, I give my team about a week to come up with you know a few ideas and, and a few templates uh, just to check it out, right? So I usually ask like. A score, ga- a score graphic, a milestone, a happy birthday, and then just like a generic uh, foundation graphic, right? How would that look? So then, you know, we we do about three to four phase where every time we make it better, we try different fonts, try different things, okay, and then we just all sit together and be, okay, this looks good, this doesn't look good. Uh, what if we try that and just really brainstorm for, you know, an hour or two hours? Um, and then the goal to really merge everything together is at the end, to be very like at the end of your your your, your one month uh, brand uh, guide is to try to have an example of everything, right? How is a foundation graphic look like? How is a social graphic look like? How's in-game graphic look like? And make sure that all the brands asset and the brand elements you're using for that season uh, are all included, right? Um, so that's like a big part of how to make sure everything's included and everything looks you know, from, from the Florida Panthers. Um, just make sure you sit down and have everything set up, you know, separate all your different element design elements, um, and, and make it easy for your designers to just grab them and, and import them into, into their files. Mm,
0: so that, that's, that's one thing that I've done. Uh, sorry, is the, we call it the sorry resource hub where you got, so you got every single logo, every competition logo and, uh, brand guidelines and, uh, other teams logos colors fonts patterns like everything that you need in one place so i can just send that link to people and they can use it and and hopefully everyone's using the same stuff um but it's going to be a, it's going to be a process did you go through uh were you there when the Plantfers changed their logo did you, did you were you there at that period
1: i wasn't that was i think two years before um i was there two years after they changed the logo so um the Previous logo was called the, the Leaping Panther because it's kind of like a panther yeah. leaping towards you. A uh, very famous sport logo. Uh, a lot of controversy, again, on fans saying they like that one better. There's, I'd say, probably like 50-50. Some fans still like the old one. Some fans like the new one. And then they changed ownership in 2016. Um, so Vin- Vincent Viola, who's, who's our new owner, came in and he said, hey, I want to change the logo and make it more mature um kind of like to reflect the team uh he has also a big military background so the patches on the shoulder kind of reflect that military uh, uh background to it um so that was like a big change and, and that's again one of our big uh kind of a big challenge today because a lot of locals or people from south florida still think or if you're not like a big hockey fan they still think that our logo is the leaping panther so when they see the new one they're like oh what is this theme right and it's kind of a, a shield it's, so it looks a little bit more well people say it looks a bit like a, a a football uh like a soccer logo um so there's still like a lot of work to to be done to try to indicate the the fan base like hey this is our new logo i know it's been like what six years already um but you know of, of course our hardcore fan and hockey fans know the new logo but like the the ones that aren't really following the team um, they still refer to the Panthers with the old leaping cat, and you know sometimes you'll see like uh, an external uh, company or sponsorship like include our old logo. It's like no, 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 that's not our logo anymore, right? Um, but we're, we we kind of revamped so that that old logo is really hard for embroidery because it has a lot of detail. So we've kind of uh, the NHL kind of reworked a new modern one that's cleaner, and we always try to include it because it's such a cool cool mark and cool logo and um, The league does like reverse retro jersey, which they kind of uh, take back some old jerseys and and make them modern. So uh, two years ago, we had the Leaping Panther coming back on a jersey and fans just went nuts for it. So uh, it's obviously a a fan favorite and we're definitely keeping it on brand. But um, that's something, you know, we're we're slowly educating, um, you know, the the fan base like, hey, the shield is our logo and um, we can still use the Leaping Panther. But all fun stuff.
0: Is it it in the
1: brand guidelines at all still, the Leaping Panther? Uh, There's still talks of like um, using it for some assets, but, you know, the the Shield is still our primary logo. And it's still like the the modern Leaping Panther is still like our tertiary logo. Uh, We had it on the the helmet stickers a a while back when sponsors weren't weren't a thing. Um, So it's still part of our, our brand identity. We just don't use it as much.
0: Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, I think there's uh I feel like there's a lot more um freedom with logos and um and to be creative with them compared to over here in England. I think whenever whenever the team changes their logo over here, even if it's uh even if it's uh, um even if it's for the better, it's quite quite combative. I think it's sports plans are like that, aren't they? They're very uh don't change anything. This is my team, this is how I see it, and I don't want anything to change.
1: <laughs> so uh, to I can't me.
0: remember which it might be Man City actually, Manchester City. One of the teams in England, they changed the logo, and then they, because it's um hadn't been changed for years, so many people had tattoos of the old one. So they offered free tattoo uh, removal or cover-ups for the <laughs> the logo, uh, which I thought was fantastic. Was a That's so to, funny. That's so yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. It was good.
1: But yeah, it's, it's interesting to see, right? Like Europe has such a big history and uh like big clubs like that like you're talking about such a a big history so it's kind of hard to get the fan base to change it because those logos have been there for a hundred years right or or more you know that they've been like in you know it's part of the culture um similar like in hockey right if you if you take like the the new york rangers or the detroit red wings or montreal canadian they've had the same logo for a hundred years right so like those are kind of sacred you're not really allowed to change it right where i think uh franchises and teams that you know are a bit uh more recent or were built in the 90s you, you've you seen a lot of different rebrand right the Arizona Coyotes had this really cool logo called the Kachina logo which is like kind of like a desert fox like playing hockey and then I think in the 2000 they changed it back to something you know simple uh which was more like an actual coyote in the head of a coyote and, and now they've actually went back to their old uh, Kachina logo which is like really cool and uh, fans have just been loving it. Right. So I think like there's stuff that's been done and teams are trying to change and then they go back to the old things. Cause they realize like it was actually, you know, there, there's a, a sense of, you know, um, culture and a sense of, uh, I'm trying to find that the English word, but, um, kind of pride of, you know, when you were a kid, you love that team and, you know, going back, you know, the, the, the ducks are a great example too, you know, their mighty ducks logo is such a cool logo. And then they changed Ooh. it back to the, the D with the the change of colors. And now, you know, they, they still use the, the Mighty Ducks logo for some of their third jerseys and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's cool to see like the, the newer franchise trying different things. And then you obviously have the dynasties that are just, you know, staying in their same logo, which, you know, I understand they, they can't really change it. <laughs> yeah, well, there's one logo over here, which I, I
0: absolutely love and I like it so much. It's, it's to the point where you you can't get it any simpler. So, do you know Wolverhampton Wanderers or Wolves? Uh, the, I don't know if you know Premier League teams at all. Yeah, the Wolves, but, yeah. Um, the, yeah they're, they're that's unbelievable. Designed in, design in the 70s, I think it was part of a competition when they when the club redesigned their logo. And at and, and that point there, the club wasn't, I don't think they were any near the top of the leagues. And they were uh, quite a small team at that point. And now they're in the Premier League and they've got this really clean, crisp logo and it's. Yeah, wicked with orange and black, like it's, it's such a cool, cool mark. But uh, hopefully that never changes. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's
1: some good- <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to see, and we had a lot of talk about it internally too, right? Like if you go in, in the big like simple logos, like Nike or the New York Yankees, right? They're just so simple and, and they work. And you know, you could start to see a trend like that in Europe too, where example the Wolves, Juventus updated their their mark too. Like I think people are trying to get to that part where you know it's less of a, a an emblem and, and a shield and more of like a simple item or a simple you know logo they could use everywhere they could put on merch i'm i'm interested to see where things go in, in the in the next you know few years or, or decades logo wise if you know it goes back to um and how it changes and you know even the nfl you know that there's such like a type of logo they use and then uh la just came out with like you know that logo that was a bit um controversial a, a few years back you know some people really liked it some people are like what is that and you know now when you see it with the uniform and the brand it you know i think people kind of accepted it now so it's always fun to to see you know teams changing logo and their reaction but um we'll see where that goes
0: yeah 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 exactly yeah once said sorry the cricket logo is uh is. is- the three feathers, which is um, so we're owned by one of the princes. Well, now King Charles, I believe. So the King Charles was the Prince of Wales. We're owned by the Prince of Wales, so now William, I guess. So we're we're owned by that uh, Prince of Wales. So we play with uh, his emblem on on the on the badge, um, and it's the three ostrich feathers. I don't really know the backstory behind it too much, but it's three ostrich feathers with a little um, Latin motif on it. I know, that, that's never going to change but we've currently got it in a shield um and, and there's text underneath it, and i'm trying to work out a way to update it so the text is either updated or it's simplified or, or the leading the leading between the, the two lines is just horrendous as well at the moment so, we got, so it's uh it's a little bit too too large and there's all sorts of dodgy versions of the logo going around on the internet as well so it's um it's a hard one to reel in and make make a bit cleaner but i think it' would look really smart if you just had the three feathers in the shield i think it looked really crisp and, and sharp but uh, yeah anyway, we'll, we'll work towards that and get there one day hopefully <laughs>
1: yeah maybe you have to start like incorporating in the corner of each graphic and then slowly
0: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah well that's it i mean so we've got four four or five main parts of the business i guess it's just hospitality conference and events uh foundation um then you've got uh yeah those are the main ones then obviously comms and marketing sort of one team um and yeah we, so for each part i'm sort of threading the needle between them and using the similar assets in slightly different ways and yeah it's very exciting very exciting time to, to try and pull, pull it together so he's been a member member of the club for years and years and years like 10 years when i was a kid as well so it's cool to be able to work on something so close to my childhood self um uh, and yeah and hopefully grow a team eventually but uh yeah, yeah we'll see so, so so you say sorry, so you had uh what well, so it was five five or so designers how how have you noticed um like the design change like um like younger designers change throughout that time, so I mean like from when you were getting hired by sports teams to the people coming in now i guess it feels like even when, from when I was got my first job, but it was like there's so many more people doing it, and or maybe I'm just open to seeing more people doing it and uh and the talent's incredible now, the young young designers. Yeah.
1: It's crazy. Um, I think, you know, when I first started, like you say, there weren't that many people that were doing uh sports designer, at least you wouldn't see as many, right. Um, you know, social media was maybe not as big either, but yeah, now the number of talent at a young age, uh, people that are, you know, still in designers that are still in college and putting stuff that's such a high quality, uh, is pretty insane. So, uh, I guess it's good for the industry cause it just keeps raising the bar. Yeah. Uh, you know, like our our two interns and even our graphic designer, they're, they're, they're so young and they're so talented. So, you know, I I hope it just helps everything and uh, just raises the bar for everyone. And, you know, that, that's a bit the thing with design and especially sport design is there's always new techniques, new things coming out and you just always have to be curious and learn and try different things and try different techniques right if if i still was you know working the same way i was doing five years ago like i wouldn't be here where i, I am right now right like that's a big thing about you know it, it works for a lot a lot of jobs but you have to constantly be looking at trends and looking at what's getting done and try to improve what you're doing and experiment and try different things and um because if not you know you'll, you'll get left behind and um you know, it's a big part of it. Um, so so it's it's fun to see the, the community grow, you know, have a lot of young designers be involved in it. And, you know, hopefully um, social media too, is such a big part of it too, right? When we started, we had, you know, a, a team of like one uh, person in social media. Now we're two and maybe three, and we still probably need to hire a few more. So the number of design hasn't like, has increased by so much in the last five years. Um, so it just, you need to hire more people. It's, it's not even a question. And now, uh, people are so, so much about content and, you know, things you post on your, your yeah. team account. So like, it's not like back then where you just had to do like the, the pamphlets and you know, a few signage in here and a few Facebook posts, um, it, it just changed so much. So, you know, you, you definitely have to grow your team to, to, uh, fill out
0: the demand. Right. Uh, if, if you if you took yourself back to just being one designer, how how would you manage your workload?
1: That's a good question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I would probably there's a lot of projects I would ask if this is really necessary, um, you know, mm-hmm. and and maybe share with the whole company or find a way to share with the whole company, kind of like your workload. So they understand, right. I think that's a big part of it too. I think a lot of people don't understand every project that's going on, right. They think you're just doing the tune in graphic and the score graphic and that's it. Um, so really share like, Hey, example, we're launching the New Jersey this week and uh, it's home opener. So is your, um, I don't know, sales email uh, for this little, uh, premium area that's already almost sold out, really important compared to the two other things, right? Um, so I think it would just put everything back in perspective, um, trying to you know get everyone to understand kind of what you're working on and be, you know, I, if, if I was alone, I'd probably put like a 10 day turnaround time, you know, make sure the whole company, and it takes time, you know, to, to implement that, but really make sure that, you know, you can't be um, requesting graphics last minute, Uh, obviously in sports it happens if there's a trade or something big happens it will always happen right but the things that you can plan ahead uh, let's say you have a special theme nights in three months all right what do you need can you put in your request right away so we can start working on it or at least plan on it Um, so I think a lot of like giving time planning and then just putting everything on perspective what is really important what can wait or you know what can sometimes you don't need a graphic for some things right sometimes texts work better or you know a photo um so i think if i was alone that's probably the way i would do it
0: that's yeah that's good advice i'm, I'm happy to hear that because pretty much what we what i'm doing is trying to tell all the all the business all the managers of each department and, and send an email out to them with the brand guidelines saying get everything you know you need in 2023 put it in so i use trello uh rather than asana um, and, they, and on there, you can once you're in, you can see all of stuff I'm working on is like a bit of a timeline. So they do, they they all know what I've, what I've got, and they can see how busy it is. Um, well, at the moment, I've got weeks turnaround, so maybe I will up it to ten days. So it might be a better a better uh, <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's a good one. What's what's the difference between uh, creative director and uh, design manager, by the way?
1: Um, So my my creative manager, Austin, he manages more like the day-to-day of everyone. Uh, So the team kind of like the task and if they have any questions or any, you know, insights. And then I kind of assign more of the projects and see more like the bigger vision and the bigger brand vision for everything, right? Um, So if there's a certain campaign, uh, we all work together, but, you know, I'll make the, the final decision on what I would like to see and then... Uh, our creative managers more like managing designers or their day-to-day or tasks uh getting like simple approvals or, or approvals every day um you know if they're like oh what do you what do you think about that or what do you need help with um so that's kind of like the difference uh between me and me and austin hmm,
0: got you yeah that makes sense i mean that, that is a lot of the, the uh thing with being a one-man band is you do a lot of admin stuff so obviously a design manager would really help out with that um yeah that's one thing about yeah and and
1: and, you know i think it's it's like that for for a lot of sports team where you know ideally the the creative director art director should be just thinking about ideas and campaigns and coming up with you know decks and brands but you know it, it obviously can't with with you know, sports, it's, it's not like that. Well, at least not for a lot of teams, I would think. And, you know, we're still, all of us are still designing three to four projects a day and trying to do everything else together with, you know, emails and meetings and coming up with ideas. So, um, you know, as the team slowly grows and, you know, partnerships is doing an awesome job of getting more partners in the building and, you know, getting a bit more money and, you know, hopefully we can hire a bit more to where, you know, truly, like, our role is to really come up with campaigns, come up with ideas, and, yes, still design a little bit more, but where, you know, we really have a team that, you know, designs from nine to six, and then, you know, where you have uh, all the directors that, you know, come up with just the, the ideas and then and the campaigns.
0: Mm, that's interesting. So you're nine to six. So a if you, few if you, uh, teams and, and and companies have had about do nine to six. How come it's nine to six, not nine to five? Because we live in America. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm kidding. Uh, our,
1: our, you know, I'd say like we're probably nine to five thirty-six, depending on the workload. Um, but yeah, um, that's one thing. I like I've I've lived in France for four years, and you know I've lived here for for five now, and that's I think the big difference. You know, um, America is a lot about like work. Um, and and you know when I was in France, you'd have like two-hour lunches. Uh, meetings would be really? would be uh, a bit longer than then you know in in america that's like one of the big difference where you know work is important people are passionate about their job so um, that, i think that's a big culture difference between uh at least france and and, and united states and, and even canada you know canada's pretty close to to the united states in, in sense of culture but i think there's still more of that um appreciation of you know, okay, it's five. I'm done working, and or you get a bit more uh, time off, or um, you know, leave of absence for when when you get when you, uh, you get a kid or stuff like that. So um, it's just I think part of uh, uh, American culture and part of the rules here is just you know you get less vacation time, and, and work is a, a pretty important part of of the aspect of life
0: yeah that no, makes sense i mean to be honest most of us it's been in the sports industry do nine till six or seven or eight anyway but we just don't call it that
1: <laughs> yeah exactly exactly I and mean, it's all like you know i i love my job and for me it's not even working right and i think it's the same for the team right but uh, that's probably closer to you know what the office's hours are you know um 5 36 um and we're lucky enough right uh i think we we've set up a, a pretty good process where you know, in, in sports, you usually work weekends or game days. Uh, but our social team is uh, excellent Photoshop. So we build uh, templates uh, that are super easy for them to work through. So, you know, luckily enough, my team don't have to necessarily work during the game or after the game. Um, now, obviously, if there's, yes. you know, if our captain scores three goals and, you know, we want to do something cool, we'll, we'll work on it. Uh, But, you know, I think we've done a good, you know, work life balance where, you know, you work your Monday to Friday, uh, your five days, and then, you know, the rest should, you know, again, we plan ahead of time, you know, all our milestones are done, all our stuff is done for the weekend and the nights. Um, And, you know, if we're just on call, if ever there's, you know, a trade or something big that happens, but I think that's where we've done a really good job to really make sure that, you know, we still have weekends and nights uh, where we don't have to work um you know or be on our, our computer we're always close by if there's an emergency but um i think that's a really good thing we've, we've implemented
0: that's, that's an interesting one with the milestones and, and things for upcoming games so we're currently uh getting ready to plan like the media photo shoot and, and the the pre-season stuff but a lot of our big players play in uh say for example in Indi- the indian premier league ipl so they'll go over to india during the photo shoot uh so they won't, we won't have like a lot of lot of our bigger players, which is a bit frustrating. How would you get around that uh for upcoming seasons? Would I mean I guess it's the obvious answer is a lot of Photoshop work and like editing player's heads on top of people's body. But is there any any off the top of your head, is there any other ways you would get around that?
1: Hmm, That's a good question. Uh I know for for ourselves, um so the NHL allows like one big media day per year. Uh so like I'd say about three weeks before the season start we really plan uh, like a big day of video and photos. And when I do photos, we do like 10 different poses to really be ready to, to do like every position, every photo for anything we want to create. Uh, and one thing we, one thing when I started, we didn't even have a media day. So that was a big pain in the, uh, you know, a big pain to try to find pictures of guys and, you know, photo is such a big part of design, right? So, um that definitely hurt us at the beginning but now we have really quality media day and one thing we we realized too is that you know our our first media day we took a lot of photos of the main guys uh so the top players but not a lot of you know the the bottom players of the players that shift between the american league which is the second division and the nhl and then when the they get called up to play a game for us then you know we wouldn't have any quality photos so one thing is just to get like really quality photo, a lot of poses of every guy. You never know who's gonna play, who's gonna come up. Um, and then probably for for your your situation where you don't necessarily have every guy, um, maybe have some sort of you know talk to whoever is in charge of of the team or, or PR to try to allocate maybe you know 30 minutes after a practice when they're back to really set up you know a good studio. It sometimes happens with us where we acquire a new player during the year and we don't have quality photos or, or videos of them and then we, we usually are able to get them you know a little 10 to 30 minutes after training to just get what we need uh to go through through the season right so that might be a possibility where for some of the players you maybe have already your photo shoot set up in in a room or in, the, in one of the visitors locker room and after training or right before training they can come and stop by for for a few minutes um I know player accessibility sometimes is a a problem especially in, in pro sports you know sometimes the players don't have time or they're not allowed to necessarily uh go about but um that's probably one of the solutions
0: yeah that's uh that's something I think we could really push for um is the yeah just quickly after training coming in putting on a jersey yeah how how about uh this is always a fun one like switching out kits before the start of the season like what what sort of time period when do you switch all of your graphics to the new kit
1: um before we would do um we would have it like for home opener so like october usually early october like this is when we okay go full out with our new stuff um but one thing that we've realized through the years is that our season ends like may let's say june if we go for a playoff um, and then you have the summer period where you have all you have big stuff too. You have the draft, you have free agency, and usually during that time you're already working on all the new uh, brand assets. So it's kind of hard to stay away from them and keep the old brand yeah. asset because you're super excited about the new thing and the new thing looks better too. Um, yep. So this year we've actually changed it to July 1st. So July 1st, like in the middle of the summer, right before draft and free agency. We come up with a new uh, look, and uh, it get, it gives us the opportunity to to experiment for the summer months where there's less, uh, you know, less things going on, and then for home opener we're all prepped up and ready to go, and we have all the templates and all the brand guides set up and ready to go, right? So I think that's one thing we've changed last year, and it was pretty successful, um, you know, and then there wasn't like a period of transition between both, like oh well, you know, I want to use some elements. It was like okay. July first, when we, we swap out everything and go with the new look.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. I like the hard line. That's uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's we just sort of, well, I, I just sort of transitioned naturally after the season because after winning the league, just trying to make everything on the same page and get a, get a baseline where we can jump off from next year because we we didn't really have that. So it's um, it's nice to be able to, to create a baseline and then go again. But um, yeah yeah no it's exciting that's, that's I love I love that it's the fresh start and the uh, the excitement around games something I'm definitely missing in the off season is the the buzz and I think I actually think it would be a lot quieter during the season as well especially with other parts of the business because people will be focused on the matches and the games and running the games whereas now they're just focusing on doing other bits and, and getting everything ready for yeah I don't know for the foundation be like courses for kids or like training sessions or yeah just yeah it'd be very 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 uh a bit more relaxed
1: yeah and it's funny like i would say like you know people think like oh during the off season like it's quiet you don't really have to work right if you don't work in sports but it's actually the opposite i find um where the summer you have even more work to do and you gotta prep for the new year and the new season and you know get everything ready and um I'd probably say like after the few weeks after home opener is actually when it's like the quiet. Cause you've like launched everything, everything should be ready by then. And they're just like, okay, like, whew, we've home openers done like first games done. Like, all right. Like, you know, people usually already have what they need for, for at least the next, next few months. And so I, I think like, you know, I think the first few weeks after like the first game then it's, back to kind of a sense of normal. And then after that, obviously picks up again with all the events and stuff, you know. That's the thing with NHL, it's, you have, it's the same as the NBA. You have 82 games during the season. So it's just incredibly a lot of games. Um, you have 41 games at home, um, you know, all the theme nights. So we try to have like a Star Wars night. We have Pride night, uh, Black History night. We have a Vamos Gatos, which is kind of like our Hispanic. Uh, there's obviously a lot of Lat- Latino influence down here in South Florida. Uh, so we've just had that last weekend. Um, we have, you know, um, hockey fights cancer, which is like a cancer awareness uh, night. Um, we have pink in the rink, which same like breast cancer awareness night, uh, military appreciation night. So there's like so many nights going on, and every one of these nights have a specific look, or you know, we create special jerseys for them. Um, so just so much going on that you have to start prepping in the summer. Like, okay, what is that going to look like? because one you have to have all of these look ready for when they announce the schedule. And then, uh, your motion design team has to have all the brand assets ready to have all on the jumbotron on the LEDs in, in the arena. Right. So that obviously takes more time than just creating graphics. So, um, the off season is definitely a big part of, you know, getting everything ready for the season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nice one. Well, uh, let's, let's get into the last couple of questions. I mean, who, uh, whose work do you really uh, enjoy looking at, at the moment? Is there anyone out there that you've been really wowed by or um, really found amazing? Uh,
1: there's a lot of them. It's always hard to answer that question because um, every designer has some strong suits or they have like a, a passion for something. So, um, you know, some of them I might look a uh, Porter gray has like really good typography work. Um, and then, you know, some other work very well, minimal designs, uh, night design is, is one of the recent one that I, I've followed that, you know, has a really good, clean editorial design. Um, there's this one guy in France, LG's Cassio, that has like really good branding. Um, he works for uh, a few, uh, football clubs in France, I think. Um, so there's obviously like so many talented designers, it's hard to just name a few, but, um, Uh, it's always good to go check out what they do and what all the designers do. And um, everyone has a strong suit and kind of try to pick out of everyone and combine them all together. Right. Um, And you'll always have like this one-off designer that will just pull out something completely different or completely creative. And you're like, Whoa, I've never seen this guy before, you know, this designer. And um, it's interesting to try to, compile all of that together and try to make it better for for everything right
0: yeah yeah for sure um do you have any advice for junior designers or, or younger i mean you probably tell your interns as well but any advice for the uh, people getting up the ladder up up to the point of creative director
1: yeah uh design a lot if it's your passion just work on a lot of projects uh one thing that i realize is that the older you get and the higher you climb the ladders, uh, the less time you have to do, um, personal projects. Um, you know, like I, I work my, you know, every, my Monday to Friday and then I do a lot of freelance on weekends and, and at nights. Um, so when, you know, there's, there's a point of life where you don't really have time to do a lot of personal projects and just try different things. So I think when you're young, just, take the chance to try different things, try different sport, try different techniques, be creative um, and, and you know, experiment a lot. Um, I think when you're very young or you're just starting in the industry, um, one big thing I would say is try to find inspiration or designers you like and try to replicate what they're doing. Uh, when I say replicate, I mean, don't go copy and post it as your own, but I'm saying, hey, I like what, you know, what Mark does, let me try to figure out how he did it, right? So pull out Photoshop or Illustrator whatever you, you work in and let me try to see how he was able to achieve this photo treatment or this composition or this type work and, you know, be, okay, this is how he did it. You know, save it on, on your desktop and then next project say, okay, I'm going to get inspired by that. I'm going to try something that's, you know, from what I've learned from this, this technique, right? So I think every artist, every designer, when you start young, you kind of copy, uh, or or try to you know get inspiration uh, inspiration from other designers. Um, so really look at you know what people do. try to copy them. Don't post it as your own, like I said, but from that you will learn a lot and then go and you know do your own thing and do your own home design with what you learn from from those those moments, right?
0: Mm, yeah that's good advice great advice so the, the last question on the podcast uh was people uh, it doesn't have to be specifically design but what's your best purchase under a hundred dollars or a life hack question or and life hack. you can give a life hack as well yeah
1: <laughs> i think uh i buy a lot of design books or books about nice. uh, design and history um and then one that i've read lately if you're a hockey fan or you'd like to get into hockey fan or, or NHL, it's called Fabric of the Game. Uh, it's run by Chris Creamer and Todd Radham. And they go through the whole history of every team in the NHL with uh, their logo, their name, so why they're called that, why are, are the, the team called um, like that, um, colors, uniform, and they even go through like teams that don't even exist anymore or teams that have been transferred to different cities. So I think that was a really, really good book just to learn about, you know, yeah. every branding for every team and they're call like that example, the national predators that you're talking, uh, why are they called predators? And why is like their logo a saber tooth? Well, apparently when they were digging up for the arena, they found, uh, this like big sa- saber tooth from, from an old, you know, um, cat. So. Uh, just some cool stories behind it and to try to figure out, you know, why why teams are called like that and why their logo are are like that too. So I'd say that's probably my best read in the last year.
0: That's a wicked book. Yeah, that, that sounds amazing. I just found it for £18, 18 over it, so I'm definitely going to get that. Yeah. Very, very good. Good bit of advice. I'm, good tip there. I'll get that. Um, yeah, nice one. Well, it's been, it's been a pleasure. I uh, really appreciate you, you coming on to chat.
1: Well, thank you so much, Mark, for having me. It was a great chat.